Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast that keeps you informed on all things Loris College. In this episode, I am thrilled to be joined in the studio by a Loris legend, Sister Bernadine Curo, who will share some stories and memories about Loris College. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and joining me with Sister B is Bobby Earls, Director of Alumni Relations. Bobby, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Robert. We're so excited to have you here, sister. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm enjoying it. And to being with the two of you is a treat. So I love hearing Robert introduce you two as well, Sister B, because everyone who knows you knows that if you are a friend of Sister Bernadine, you get to call her Sister B. So <laughs> you know right. you have many, many friends because so many of them refer to you as lovingly as Sister B. Yes, and I love the nickname, and Bud Noonan started that because, you know, Bernadine was too long for Bud to be bothered with. <laughs> so Bud, Bud started my, uh, you know, working when I'd be working with him with uh, credits and, and grades, et cetera, and so finally he just said, Sister B, that's it. And so, <laughs> and so I didn't contradict him, and so, um, you know, Bud is so wonderful, and so I'm, I'm just grateful that he gave me such a good name. That's right. It would have been would have been bad if it were. Well, and your connection to Loris is one that spans decades and generations. And I think it's really good for us to kind of start at the beginning. So you grew up on a farm in rural Cascade. Right. It was rural Cascade, and if you were went on Highway Win Fifty One, you'd go through that. You'd go by the Sacred Heart Church, and that was where I was baptized and confirmed. And then you keep go by the over the over the bus. There's a, a sort of a a little ditch or a little a little bridge is what I'm trying to say. A little mm-hmm. bridge there, and you'd uh, go over that, and then you kind of go up a, a little hill, and the fourth house on the right was where I was born, mm-hmm. and that was my mom and dad's house, and they uh, they bought that during the Depression in 1929, and so they worked hard, and we learned to treasure what we had and uh, the marvelous times. So I um, w- there was a little country school along the way there, and so I went to a country school where th- I think there were probably Four other, three or four other students that went there. I can't remember if my brothers went there or not. But then um, when it was time for high school, I had an aunt, Sister Teresita Kiro, in the visitation community. And uh, at that time, the visitation had a high school. And um, my aunt convinced that my mother and dad should be sure that I would get to that high school because I would get classes that I wouldn't get any otherwise. Now, this was an extreme sacrifice for my mother and dad. As you know, they had purchased the farm, and now they're they're starting their family, and they had... um, well, it was it was started for a while because I have three younger brothers and mm-hmm. and then uh, I had to enter the convent to get a sister, but um, my anyway I'll, I'll kind of go back. But so I went to the little country grade school and it was close enough to our house that we could work 
worked too and was right on 151. But then to high school, uh, I don't, I still don't know why this all worked this way, but my th- brothers all went to the a little country school or else to St. Martin's to um, grade school. And I w- came to the Visitation Academy and uh, boarded there for four years. And I those were some really lonely days because it was the first time I'd be separated from my mom and dad. But it paid off because that at the uh, now that I can look back and think of all the people that I met at the Visitation Academy that I never would have known if I hadn't had that high school background. Plus, I could take classes like um, the, like the advanced math and and chemistry and biology that they would not have had at the Sacred Heart School in Fillmore. When I graduated, I received a, an award for being the outstanding uh, visitation graduate in my senior class. So that was all wonderful. So then in those days, um, Clark College was open. And so I came to Clark College. And I I was a mathematics major because I love math. But the convent did not need a math major. They needed somebody in speech and drama. So I... my major was changed by the sisters, which was very probably I'm just so amazed at how God has worked in my life and how, how he's put so many wonderful people like the two of you in my path. It's been just an exciting time. And, and, and one of the things, too, that you talk about so amazingly well is your path from being interested in math to then entering into psychology counseling mm-hmm. and the impact that your change in major has had on all of us. And we here at Loris love to talk about the 40-plus years that you dedicated to Loris, mm-hmm. but you had many other careers and other impact within the Dubuque community from your days at Visitation, Nativity, Wallert. Tell me a little bit about those years and some of the roles that you played. Mm-hmm. Graduated from the Visitation Academy in 1947. Now, uh, the a reason that I, I went away, I guess, basically to school was... Um, to be able to, you know, get credits in what I, I needed and to be able to take the classes in, uh, in high school that I, that I needed. So that was good. But um, going, being at the visitation, as I said, was a wonderful, wonderful gift. And then going to Clark was a, a big gift, too. And it was at that time that, um, uh, that the sisters said, I would not be a math major, but a speech and drama major. So I got my speech and drama major from Clark College. And then um, the when it came time to, uh, when I was out of, out of college, the, pre- the president of the visitation was Sister Pran Marie Condon. And she had the foresight to say that now I must go on and get my master's. And when I get my master's, then I was to get it in counseling, just what you said, Bobby. And when I taught grade school at the visitation, we we had all the K through things. When I taught the grade school, Bob Caliban, a uh, special name at Loris College, Bob Caliban was working his way through Loris by cleaning the floors at the visitation academy. 
And of course, the little <laughs> the, I taught third grade at that time. And the third graders didn't mind being kept after school because Bob was there cleaning the floors. And he was always so fun and so good with the girls. And am I at a place where you want to ask another question? You're great. I could listen to you all day, Sister B. What what I really enjoy, too, is that your connection to Loris, as you mentioned, through um, Bob Caliban, and I know you also taught Tom Talkey. Oh, yeah. Those individuals who graduated from Loris, you had an early connection with them long before uh, <laughs> they graduated Loris College. Okay. Oh, yes. Don't let me forget Tom Talkey. I mean, he was my prized student, I, you know, and I, I love Tom Talkey. And he, um, I, he was... Um, in eighth grade, I taught him. I taught all the eighth grade math at um, Nativity Grade School, and Tom was one of those. And the fun thing that we love to talk about too is so many people know the Loris history of when women arrived in the early seventies, but you also attended in the late sixties classes with men to receive your master's degree and that was a unique opportunity that only a few women had the opportunity to enjoy that's that's exactly right when i was at at um clark you know when loris went co-ed you know some of the top students from muller came to loris because Mm -hmm. they had had such good background at uh at Warren. And that was another wonderful, the way the Lord has interacted in my life. I, um, when I was at, um, at Waller, the, the had a new, um, counselor uh, that I want, I mean, I was there, but there was another head counselor and that counselor thought that, um, we should have, uh, the students, you know, register each other which is a good idea. So I took that and was on the peer counseling program. And so I wrote a, a, a program for peer counseling for Water High School and I implemented it. And, and Lord have mercy on Bernie O'Connor. Bernie, Bernie said, I don't know what you're thinking about, sister. That's not going to work at all, <laughs> you know? And so... Don't be surprised, but the Lord made it work. And, it, and at the end of the day, Bernie O'Connor said, Sister, I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are probably many opportunities for you to show some great leadership in the world of counseling. And I know you have really built wonderful relationships with Loris students and graduates over the years. Talk a little bit about working here at Loris and some of the things you remember and enjoyed. Oh, yeah. It, it's really, thank you, Bobby. Ursula Delworth was the best, was in, the expert in, um, patro- in um, peer counseling. And so I was at Wallert, and of course I knew Jerry Jorgensen, and I, Jerry stopped to see me, and he said, oh, I see you have a book there by Ursula Delworth. And I um, I said, oh, do you know her, Jerry? And he said, oh, yeah, she taught me graduate school in Colorado. So then I asked Ursula if she knew Jerry Jorgensen. And she said, sister, the three best students that I ever had in graduate school were from Loris College. I was at Waller at just a great time. You know, it was, that's the way I, I just can't, can't believe how, you know, you met so many 
friendships like Ursula, knowing them already and different people that had gone ahead of me. And, and then, of course, Bishop Franklin was in charge of the counseling program at Wallert. And every time I think of Wallert High School and that, I think of he had the most organized counseling program. When I was at, at Wallert, there were, what was it, 2,000 students there. And um, I remember Bishop Franklin say, now, don't expect to know everybody because, you know, they're, it, it's um, about the same size as Cascade, so you're not going to know all, <laughs> all the students here. So he was very, he was very supportive also. But You really have had an opportunity to work with and impact so many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the individuals that you've worked with here at Loris College. And you talked a little bit about Bud Noonan, how oh. he gave you the nickname of Sister B. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the people you've had the opportunity to work with along the way. Right. Well, as I've already mentioned, Bud, Bud Noonan was just marvelous. And if I had, and at those days, his brother Frank Noonan was here. If somebody was really flunking a course, all I had to do was call Frank Noonan, and Frank Noonan would um, see the person and work with the person. And believe me, he passed class. Sure. <laughs> so, but it was everybody's working together as a team. And then, of course, uh, Diane Gibson at that time started the learning disability program, mm-hmm. and that was such a gift. And, of course, Bill Lynch. How can I forget Bill Lynch for giving that beautiful area that we have? Now, I know you've worked in many buildings on campus as well. Right. The counseling program has moved around. Tell us a little bit about where, when you arrived, you were at and how you've maneuvered through campus. Thank you. <laughs> when I arrived, I was up on the floor at um, in, in the campus ministry that had this beautiful window in it, and that was where Father Barda and had his Ph.D. from Fordham, and he was just a fantastic teacher and counselor. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, he probably still has lots of people come back to talk to him mm-hmm. because he is such a gift to all of us. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things, too, when people hear about you, and, of course, they remember you on the counseling staff, they first and foremost remember you as, as their friend, their, their advocate, their mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've met so many people. Tell me how, the, how counseling has even evolved over the years from when you first started to when you retired. Oh, thank you. That's right. You bring back a lot of memories, Bobby. Thank you. <laughs> um, when I first started, you know, it was pretty much individual counseling. But, oh, and Ann Beckman and I worked together. She was a counselor, and I mean, you know, and then Diane Gibson was there, and Judy Curtis was there because they were with learning disability. But I miss Ann Beckman so much because she and I just worked together so closely. And if we had really serious problems, which we did, um, her husband was a, in clinical psychology, Jerry Beckman, and so we always had, and also we had Father Barda. So we were really blessed to have such a wonderful group that we could um, always felt like, 
if we needed more to help a person more, that we would have the expertise that, and they were so generous and so good. And Monsignor Gannon was wonderful too, you know. Mm -hmm. You talked about early on in your counseling career, you created a lot of individualized plans and one-on-one sessions. How did counseling expand and grow over the years for you? Oh, yeah. And it grew. I thank the Lord. And I think probably one of the biggest things was confidentiality. They knew that if they what they talked to Ann Backman or me about, that was it. When they hired me at Loris College, Jerry Jorgensen um, and Charlie Lang, Lord and Mercy on Father Lang, were um, working on the orientation. And so they gave me the orientation program as my challenge. And it was a challenge <laughs> but uh, because I didn't know anything about how to, what to do or how to organize, et cetera. But um, it worked out so... Jerry said, you know, when they hired me that I, see, I still was full-time at Wallert. And when you're at Wallert, you're there at 7 in the morning. You don't get home till 7 at night. And so I said that to Jerry, and he said, well, he wanted me there part-time. And so he said, you can come anytime you want. You can come after school when you get out of Wallert or, you know, out of Nativity, wherever I was at the time. Or you can... um you can come on weekends. You can do anything. So um, the orientation, there was no orientation program. So I started the student orientation staff for the orientation program, which meant we should get people divided and get them into their groups and who, where they were going to go and all that sort of thing. And, and, of course, I had absolute no clue how to get these all these <laughs> students in line and where we're going to go and how but god bless bill lynch's daughter kelly lynch um saw me standing there looking at all these students and all these rows and rows of empty chairs and um and kelly said um well sister you know i think i might do it like this i might you know, or did you ever think about doing it this way? I said, Kelly, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she was such a sweetheart. And then, of course, she married uh, Bob Johnson, and he was a marvelous guy, too. But but the students were all so helpful, and they all, you know, were, but so anyway, but we, um, we'd have the student orientation staff, and they would be helping uh, on, you know, the families unload the trucks and the cars and getting in there and and getting them to their floor and to where they were and they were where they were staying so that all you know was all organized and and we had the nice shirts for them that we we had gotten but all when it was all over the, the students told me sister you forgot to feed us <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I you never... learned your lesson quickly. <laughs> yeah. When I meet with alumni, they always tell me stories about interactions with you and your impact on them. Oh. I'm guessing that you would say in turn that they have also had a positive impact on you. Right. Very definitely. Talk about that a little bit in terms of how Loris has impacted your life. Oh, wow. I mean, I go back to my eighth graders at Nativity and, you know, having that. One one of our big topics of discussion was, shall we send wheat to Russia? 
and the eighth graders you knew. I knew that if um, Tom talking said one thing, that um, yeah, that let's say Pat Mullen or uh, Karen Kane would say just the opposite, and then we'd get these good debates going and understanding. And so um, they taught me a lot. And then there were so many more students that would enter in and, and would work with that. And, and Tom Talkie has been a real positive influence in my life. I mean, he's a very spiritual man, and um, I mean, we still, you know, share about the Lord living in us and reading and praying and that. But Tom has just been such a gift to me. I couldn't ever begin to say thanks enough for Tom. And Tell me a little bit, though, when you entered the convent, the dress code that was enforced— and then how that evolved over time. Oh, that's right. Well, when you bec- when you were there for um, a year, there was a white veil year, and the white veil year was the year when you'd prepare for your vows and you'd study and and pray and learn, decide if this is what you're going to do or if you're not going to go, you're not going to do it or or that sort of thing. So. Um, when you got the white, see, we wore this posthumous outfit up until the white veil year. The white veil is a is a complete habit, except you wear the white veil, and uh, uh, but other than that, after that, then you take first vows, and you ta- you usually have a complete year of preparation, and um, you you don't go out, you don't you know didn't go to any any meetings or anything. I just would, would be out. In a, it was basically a freshman in college. Sure, or, sure. Uh, first vows. Mm-hmm. And the first vows are temporary for poverty, chastity, and obedience. And you're ready to, to give up and to, and to follow the rule and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. So um, that, uh, that, was, that was pretty much taken care of. And then at the end of that t- time... Um, that I guess that was the three-year period. Then um, I made final vows. So mm-hmm. that was yeah, yeah. And just this past week, or maybe a week or so ago, I had this woman ask me, you know, if you had to do it over again, would you go to the convent all over again? This is what God wanted, where he wanted me to be. This is what he wanted me to do. And I'm trying to do everything that I can, you know, to to bring Christ to other people and to show that love and kindness and caring. Well, I know everybody at Loris is happy that God's plan oh. led you here. Oh, and, thanks. I mean, and over all your time here, I mean, obviously you've seen a lot of changes, a lot of things have, but a lot of things stay the same too. I mean, when you look back at all your time at Loris, what, what sticks out to you the most? What really stands out was when I was the director of the counseling center and enjoyed so much, um, working with you know Ann Beckman and and um, uh, the people that uh, that I work with and and Diane Gibson and Judy Curtis and you know and then the the students that that we saw that we would would be counseling and trying to assist so I think that um, you know trying to really really bring Christ to to them and what I really loved is being in the counseling center and now what I really miss is being at Loris. Well like, it's it's always wonderful to see you Sister B because when you come back to campus it's as if nothing has ever changed and I know when people see you around 
and that feeling is is uh, mutual. Right. So I hope so, because I sure do miss being here. <laughs> I love hearing about some of the programs that you were involved with. Orientation today is so successful, and that can be traced back to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank the Lord, yes, and it's been so fun to see it be successful mm-hmm. and the wonderful job, because I was on committees for, for so thanks, Bobby. I, I really um, enjoyed that. And, of course, now, you know, with um, some of the students that uh, are coming in are older brothers and sisters of people that I worked with a few <laughs> years ago. So I love that. Well, the Loris legacy will live on in, in many things that you have touched and you continue to touch. So oh. thank you so much, Sister B. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, your impact really is tremendously far-reaching. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I hope, hope that the Lord is happy with what I'm doing and helping you know bring more people to Him. Well, thank you, Sister Bernadine. I appreciate you coming in and taking the time to share your stories. And, and I know everybody's going to be very excited to, to hear your podcast, and I know it's going to be very popular. Bobby, thank you so yes, much for absolutely. sitting in and joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Sister B. And, right. and I'm really excited and privileged to have been a part of this. So. Oh. Thank you to all who listened in on our discussion. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you're looking for more information about Loris College, be sure to visit the Loris Daily website at daily.loris.edu for new stories, podcasts, and other information every day. We hope you'll join us for the next Dewhawk Digest. And go Dewhawks! Oh, thank you. Go Dewhawks! (laughs)